You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Put down five bucks. You get $150 in free plays. The only thing that you have to do is make the bet and be a new customer, and then it hits. That simple, that easy. All right, with Jason Shear, I am merely Mike Luke. Hello, boss. How's it going, Mike? Not too bad, not too bad. First of all, Jason, where can they find you? Where can they find all the breaking news? Where can they get you? Uh, Wildcat Authority, and we have a 60% off uh, yearly subscription sale until uh, tomorrow at midnight. So, and, and don't bury your name on there. Where can they find you on Twitter? At Jason Shear. Very simple. All right. Now, let's get to We're going to talk a lot of recruiting this episode. A couple of uh, things I wanted to get to real quick before we do that is, okay, now, we'll, yeah, <laughs> there you go, the good old days. Okay, first, let's talk a little bit. I want to talk about DeAndre Ayton quickly. You posted this on your board the other day. You know what's weird? In the DeAndre Ayton draft, he is a guy that everybody looks at Luka Doncic, and yes, Luka Doncic is the best player in the draft. There's no doubt about it. But it feels like DeAndre Ayton, the ex-Cat center, is kind of getting shortchanged during all of this. He's a good defender. He puts up 18 and 10 on one of the best teams. It's kind of weird that a, the, a top pick overall could kind of be looked over a little bit there, Jason. I think it's because he, he doesn't dominate, but he still plays really well. Like, if you look at his numbers statistically, like, there weren't a lot of rookies that did what he did. His mid-range shooting, his defense is really good. But I think it's because he's not at a position that – just completely takes over the game that people kind of gloss over. And he's also on a team with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Um, it'd be really interesting to see the attention he got on the team where he's getting a lot more touches and like the team kind of runs through him. Yeah. I, I, again, you look at it and a lot of people are still like, Oh, I wanted more out of him. Yes. He's not Giannis. He's never going to be Giannis, but I mean, let's be honest here. Giannis shouldn't be the measuring stick. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> bummer. He's not one of the top five players, two players, one player in the right. NBA. Like, he's still really good. He was never going to be that. But if he's a top 20 player, like, you're cool with that. And, you know, when it's all said and done, he, he should be able to kind of reach that. All right. Now, let's talk about some U of A basketball. And we're going to get to uh, Stan Berryhill at the end of the show. I want to give a big shout out to him. But, all right, recruiting. Right now, it look, we're all kind of going under the assumption that uh, Dale and Terry will pro most likely come back. Can you please explain first the unique approach that Tommy Lloyd takes to recruiting so that people aren't scared that there's a limited amount of offers? Yeah, I, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and I've, I've never been part of a coaching staff that does it like this. So I, I get the skepticism a bit, but it works. And what it is is basically – you know, we used to say, is this a real offer? We say it in football all the time. With Tommy Lloyd, it's always a real offer. It's never a BS offer that you're doing just to get in the good graces of a coach or anything like that. Every offer Tommy makes is because he believes that he could ultimately land a kid. They may pull out of the recruitment later on, uh, whatever it may be, change their mind. But at that moment, they believe that they can get that kid. And those are the only type of guys they're offering. They're offering guys that they want. And so when I get questions like, oh, why have they offered this kid? It's usually pretty simple. They don't think he's good enough or they haven't seen enough of that kid to make sure that he is good enough. And there's kids that like in 2024, for instance, won't know that kid's good enough and they'll, we already know they're going to offer him. But like in 2023 right now, if a kid doesn't perform well in front of Tommy Lloyd, even though we may think that he's good and highly ranked, he's not getting an offer. It's just the way it is. Is that the way the Gonzaga recruited? Was it a very limited scope or, you know, is this something a little unique to Tommy Lloyd? 
maybe not this limited, but that is how they recruited. And there's a few teams that do it. Some of like Villanova is another one um, under Jay Wright. They were pretty similar where they, you know, that you offer a handful of kids and you kind of say, look, obviously we want you. We're recruiting you like that. You know, the, the school recruiting against like a UCLA or USC, for instance, they've offered 30 guys at your position. We have right. we've offered you. And so it, it, in their minds, it means something. And I mean, it's been successful. It, it sucks from a fan perspective because right. you want to know about more offers and guys like that. But it's working and Arizona's not changing it. All right. So let's talk about the kids we got coming in that you know for sure. Let's talk Dylan Anderson first. There's a wide array of opinions on Dylan Anderson. Um, this was a guy that was offered very early on, went from being a five-star to a four-star, had a legitimate Gonzaga offer, um, is a pretty fluid basketball player. But again, there's a little bit more going on there. Jason, what do you what do you foresee for Dylan Anderson short and long term? Um, I, I think that he's one of these guys that kind of needs to get away from the high school in the AAU circuit and get college coaching. Right. And that you are a power forward. Even though you could play the three in high school in AAU, you are a four in college. Let me show you that type of deal. Right. Um, and once he gets that coaching from Tommy Lloyd, I, I think that he's going to improve and, and probably wind up being a fine college player. But that's not something that's going to happen right away. I'd be really surprised if he's an impactful freshman. But as long as he's patient with the process, like in a demo ball, for instance, you know, a demo needed coaching and he's, you know, projected to be a much better player his sophomore year. I could see the similar route for Dylan Anderson as long as he works hard and stays with it and knows, you know, it's not personal. It's right. just a matter of what your your best trajectory is. And in college, he's he's a four. And what's I think what Tommy Lloyd brings some real credibility is towards the end of the season, we saw Lloyd bench, bench. Ben Matherin at the end of a game because he wasn't happy with his defense. We saw him basically say to Azulis Tabellis, all right, you're going to be sitting with me the rest of the game. You're not giving it. So, again, it's nothing personal here. So it'll be interesting to see if he can convey that right there because I think if Anderson does stick around and buys in, he's the kind of player that I think Tommy Lloyd can mold into a pretty decent player. Yeah, and a lot of freshmen take that personally. Like, you're the man. And then all of a sudden you go to college and you're not the man. And it happens with football too. And to me, I look at Dylan Anderson, and he's a, he's a four-year guy. There's nothing wrong with that, but he's one of these four-year guys that can be really good as a junior as long as he sticks with it and takes well to coaching. But that'll be the key, and, and a lot of times you kind of know that right away. And, you know, I'm not predicting transfer or anything like that. It's just that there's, you know, 1,300 kids in the transfer right. portal, and some of them had great roles, and it's just the way it is. But um, he's just got to stay patient with the process, and, and he'll be a fine college basketball player. We're going to get to the portal here in just a second. Now, Philip Borovcanon, obviously committed overseas. Um, you you talked about it. Tommy Lloyd doesn't waste offers on kids. It's hard to really, at least for me, I'm not, you know, obviously an expert, but it's hard for me to really get a gauge because it does look like, you know, he's playing against some lower level guys, but some things that do stick out. He's very, he's very skilled. It doesn't matter if you're playing against me or Bruno, if you're six foot eight and you can, you know, you can dribble and shoot is is there a role for him this coming year, Jason, or is he more developmental? No, there's a role. Like they right. absolutely, and obviously, like I, I haven't seen him. It's hard for me to say. Like you no, haven't gone overseas. Don't lie. I'm trying. Serbia's on my list. <laughs> um, but he, uh, you know, from what I understand, it's going to be Dalen and Pella at the wings, and their immediate backups are going to be, uh, I just call him Phil and and Adema. And so mm-hmm. they are they are playing, and I think that's one of the reasons why Shane Noel got out of here is because. Phil was right, you know, ahead of him in the rotation right away. And they love him. 
Uh, they right. think that he is much better than um, people think, that he's much better than he was recruited. He was kind of hidden at a lower level overseas, which helped Arizona get him because if he was at a higher level, he would have had a lot more offers, but he can play the two, he can play the three. Heck, you could even go small and put him at the four uh, in certain lineups if you want. I don't think they will, but he's going to be a six, eight, you know, shooting guard, small forward type. who can really shoot the ball and, and they, they think highly of him. He will be a rotation guy right away. I think the big wild card, and you mentioned Demo Ball, but I think he's a real wild card next year because, and I, I brought this up a million times and bring it up again, coaches that are competing for national titles like Tommy Lloyd was this year, don't bring players in at the end of the season and start playing them unless they think that there's a finite role for them next year. This is a kid that, I mean, I could see him averaging seven points. I could see him averaging 12 points. I mean, I think, but seven is kind of my bottom line. He's going to play at least 18 to 22 minutes per game. Yeah, completely agree. He's another guy they're really high on. Uh, towards the end of the year, Tommy said, Jack Murphy said, look, you just play this kid. Just let's give him a shot. And he still had some growing pains, especially defensively, but um, he, he might be the best pure shooter on the roster. If not, he's close to it. He's a, he's a very good athlete. He's got to get a little better defensively, but you assume that happens with repetition and time, and um, they love him. He may legitimately be the, the first guy off the bench this upcoming season, and, and he's a he's a very good basketball player. He just uh, – look, you're on a roster with with Pella and, and Ben and Daylin. Minutes are going to be you know hard to come by at that position, but they should be a little bit easier this upcoming season. All right, so let's ask. Let's get to some questions. KB Thiel, is Leonard Miller still an option? I know he kept his college eligibility when declaring. I was over at Shear's house yesterday, seeing the brand, seeing the brand new place. It's fantastic, by the way. It's cooler than mine. So there you go. But Leonard Miller, what's what's the deal right now with him? So he's in the draft right now. The projections are that he would be in the late teens, mid twenties. I am going to call crap on that when they get closer to it. I'm saying that he's a top ten pick. So right now. If he's a top 10 pick, obviously he's staying. If he's a mid-20s, I, I would think he would go to college. Right. Uh, it's a matter of the amount of scholarships Arizona has and when he makes that decision. Because keep in mind that that decision can go another month. Mm -hmm. So we don't know what's going to happen in a month. And so if he decides to go to college, Arizona still has room for him. Uh, yeah, it, it's probably an option. But um, I don't know. Like you said, like I think he's going to do really well in workouts. And, and I think my gut tells me, that eventually he'll stay in the NBA draft. Now you were comparing him to a cross between Anthony Davis and uh, Kevin Durant, if I'm not mistaken. Is that, uh, do you stand by this? People get so excited about players, man. Like he's good, but he also, like he still needs a lot of work. Like mm. because it's similar, like when you grow six inches in a year or whatever, you went from being a guard to a forward. There's still a transition that has to kind of happen. And, and he's good. If you're drafting on potential, he's really good. If you're drafting on production, um, you're probably a little more skeptical. This is going to be a fun one for you and me to follow because you're usually a little bit more reserved, a little bit more circumspect. When I watched his highlights for three minutes, I said, Jason, that's a top five or 10 pick right there. Yeah, I think so, he's really good. I don't think he's a top five or 10 guy. All right, I guess. So you know what? We both have it on record right there. All right. Now the transfer portal. Um, a lot of people getting antsy right now, wondering what's going on. Um, Arizona, with Tommy Lloyd, it feels that he – is very comfortable with where they stand right now that there's going to be something that they're going to pull at some point now, whether that's domestic or foreign, do you expect both? Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, and let's just yeah. go ahead. No, yeah. I, I would, I mean, yeah, I would expect that. 
All right, I'm going to ask you right now, and then we're going to get to some 2023 recruiting. Umar Ballo, is he the starting center next year at the U of A? Ooh, that's tough. I would say as of now, yes. Hmm. No, but no, not as of now, Jason. You're the Nostradamus in the Arizona well, Athletics. You know, like sometimes guys start, but they only play like 15 or 20 minutes a game. So they're yeah. starter in name, but there's other guys that play more. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. a new Marbalo situation. I think that okay. they'll probably start him, but there's other lineups that they'll go to more. Could there be a possibly as much as we like Umar and we like Umar a big a great deal? Could there be potentially a more talented big man on the team? Yes, absolutely. Okay, and we're not talking about Azulis Tabellus. Obviously, he's already on the team. Okay, now uh, let's get to 2023. We got a lot of questions coming in right here. Sean Seeley with some great remarks as usual. James, we'll get to you in just a minute. But sure, if I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you have once, twice, maybe just once. All right. Well, here's here's the deal. This is for everyone out there. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. NBA playoffs are going on right now. If you've been listening to me, you've been saying, Mike, stop talking about the Miami Heat. They suck. Miami Heat are going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, my friend. I don't care how you get there. And you know what? Neither does the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Put in five bucks, get $150 in free plays if you're a new customer. Doesn't even matter who wins. Eligibility restrictions apply. 21 and up. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. My Miami Heat's looking. My Miami Heat picks are looking a little bit better by the day. It's looking pretty good. I'm not gonna lie, you might actually have gotten the right prediction. Perhaps. All right, so let's get to some questions right here. We're gonna talk about Pac-12 hoops in just a minute here, Doug. But Kwame Kwame Evans, that's the big deal right here. Obviously, top uh, five kid in the country, 2023, out of Florida. Explain how Arizona got involved here. This is kind of a cool story. So again, like. It goes back to what I was saying before. Tommy Lloyd doesn't get involved with recruitments unless they believe they have a chance. And there was an indication from his camp that, hey, maybe you should give, you know, maybe you should recruit us a little bit. And that happens more than people think. And the interest was real. They started recruiting him a little bit. And all of a sudden, his top five is a top six. And they're going to get an official visit. I don't know exactly when it is yet, um, but he will take an official visit. And it is a very real recruitment. Remember when the Sean Miller class where everything, yes, you got Nick Johnson and Josiah Turner, but everything was building to that following class where you ended up with Tarzuski, uh, Grant, I almost said Grant Ashley, uh, Grant Jarrett, Brandon Ashley, et cetera. This kind of feels like that for 2023, where you've already got Boswell and Lewis in the fold. I'm of the opinion, again, not an, not an expert. I think they both stay in that class. That's just a, That's just a guess. But if you can get those two, which are already in the bag, then you get a Kwame Evans. It becomes interesting. And then you start looking, man, you start reeling in three or four McDonald's All-American type kids in that real first class. Yeah. I mean, it, it, a lot of times like people judge a new coach on that first class. It's not the first class. It's always right. the second class because you need the time to put into recruiting that class. And you're in a little bit of a hurry with the initial one. Um, this is what we're seeing. What happens when Tommy Lloyd has a full year to recruit guys. Boswell. Lewis, if he could get Kwame Evans, that's ridiculous. Um, they're probably they're, they're probably going to take a four-man class as of now. It's going to be a very good class. And this is what we're seeing. Like, okay, and, and a big part of it was let's get our film out and show people what kind of offense we run. Because the first year, all you're doing is you're pointing to Gonzaga. They're like, oh, it's going to look like this. But now they have a full season of film and tape and all that where they can tell recruits, 
knows this is what it's going to look like. Right. It, it's working. I think, all right, a lot of people are asking for Pac-12 predictions right here. Here, Here's where I stand. I, I, UCLA has got to be the favorite. Yeah. I, I get that they underachieved this year. Totally get it. But you still got Jaime Hawkes coming back who – He's he's got to be the best player in the conference coming back, no? I'd assume, yeah. I mean, then you got Tiger Campbell, you got Amari Bailey, you got uh, what's the the uh, yeah, you got so you you've got a ton of players. So now again, if they don't if they underperform again this year, then you start got asking some questions about Mick Cronin. But I think you got to put them at one. I think then you got Arizona. Oregon's weird because they're talented. They're bringing in two McDonald's kids, but they've really underachieved this year. So who quite knows? But I think if you're Arizona, you got to feel pretty cool or pretty good that you're in at least in that top two or three range for sure. Yeah, I think it's UCLA is a clear favorite. And then after that, it, it kind of gets a little chunky. Oregon, Arizona, USC probably. Um, but when you look at teams that return so many players and mm-hmm. they're older already, right. um, UCLA, you know, they'll have like an eighth year point guard and then I mean, right. Right. They're, they're the favorites to win the game. All right, so I'm going to throw an Arizona starting lineup at you for next year or a rotation. And let's uh, and again, we don't like to speculate on names that haven't been thrown out there. Let's just assume that you've got a center who's real, who you're able to bring in a center who maybe isn't dominant, but he's clearly an NBA caliber type player. You know, just generically. So you got Kirk Creasa at the point. You got Pella Larson at the two. You got Dalen Terry at the three. Azulis Tabellis at the four a conglomeration of Umar Ballo and a very talented player who has NBA potential. And then um, you got a Dama, got a Dama ball coming off the bench as well. What is that about a top 10, 12 to 15 team? Yeah, I would say so. And, I, and I'll say this kind of wet the appetite a little bit. I think if Arizona does what they want to do with the next few spots, they'll have one of the best benches in the country. Really? Okay, so Pella Larson, Kirk Creasy, you and I have talked about this a lot. Um, First of all, take my credibility for what it's worth on this because I was wrong on Pella Larson. I thought he was terrible, and you know what? I spent half the year apologizing to him. I'll do it again. Is Pella Larson and Kirk Creasy backcourt, is that athletic enough? Probably. I think Pella's really good, and I actually think he's – you know he he's fine in terms of guarding. You like Pella from even when Pella was struggling. You yeah. you like Pella. I got to give you a lot of credit there. But I don't know if it's athletic enough, and it, it's tough to say because like it was athletic enough for thirty one games. It right, went into a team like Houston and they lost. So it's like, are they not athletic enough? Right. You know, they, could they have beaten Villanova instead of Houston? Probably. Right. And, and so you kind of look at it and you go, is how big of an issue was it really? I will say that losing Ben, you lost a lot of athleticism and they need to replace it. Um, Kerr and Pella aren't great athletes. Uh, I think Kerr, in that regard, kind of troubles me a little bit more than Pella. I think Pella's just a good defender. Um, Kerr's going to have trouble with those athletic you know, point guards that get really on him defensively, and that kind of bothers me a little bit more than, say, Pella would. Right. All right, Jake Fisher. I'm assuming this is the Jake Fisher of Arizona football fame. Hello, Jake. Um Besides Zona, UCLA, USC, and Oregon, who is a team that is capable to make noise? I don't I don't think there is a team. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's it right there. Yeah. In terms of basketball, that's that's it. It's yeah. Like, Real quick, if Arizona could have had KJ Simpson in hindsight, would they have taken him? I think I so. mean, not that they wouldn't have, but would and they? I think there's a there's a misconception. That was a mutual decision. That was mm. KJ not wanting to go where he didn't know the coaches. And that was Arizona wanting to bring in their own guys. It wasn't like Arizona just dropped the kid. 
Right. Um, if they had to do it all over again, would they have gone a different direction? I, I don't see why not. Right, for sure. Okay. Now, let's see. Um, let's talk now a little bit, a little bit of U of A football right here. A lot of we've seen this before. You've covered Mike Stoops, where you know what? You bring in one good recruiting class, and then after that, it's kind of all right. You go from a top 25 to a top 35 to a top 40, whatever. Jed Fish gets it in this regard. I have no clue if Jed Fish can coach, but he needs to be able to string together consecutive good recruiting classes. And Jason, 2023 is shaping up to be another nice one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he can coach, but he's clearly the best offseason Arizona coach of all Ever. time. Um, right. He, uh, yeah. I mean, they know like you have to recruit to win at Arizona. Um, they're headed in the right direction again in 23 and it, it they're going to have to win some games. Um, they're not going to have to go to a bowl, but they're going to have to win some games and show some progress. But the way it's lining up now, they're they're once again in on these four star guys that normally wouldn't even answer the phone from Arizona. All right. Yesterday, Jed Fish tweeted out never again about uh, Arizona football players getting shut out from the NFL draft. If we're just looking at this roster for next year, next year's NFL draft, who do you look at and say, my guy KB Thiel put out, he said, Jacob Cowing, fourth round pick next year. I don't think that that's out of the realm at all, but who else do you look at? Yeah, I mean, Cowing can get drafted. I think if Christian Roland Wallace puts together a good season, he's a guy that can get drafted. Um, you know, you never know, like a guy like Hunter Eccles, if he puts together a great year. Right. You know, with his potential. is Christian Young is Christian Young an NFL possibility? I think, I think he is. I mean, right. they, they love him, but you right. know, it's 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 yeah. I don't see why not. I, I would be surprised if they don't have a guy drafted next year. I really would. Yeah, I would as well. Now, Stan Berryhill. I think there's a legitimate chance that Stan. First of all, he's been the best player on the team the last two years. So you know, tip of the cap to him. I think there's a legit chance that Stan can stick in the NFL. Um, he's not going to be a star, obviously. But he's sure-handed. He can return kicks. He's a, he's kind of sneaky athletic there. I think, and he's going to the he's going to the Falcons, so you don't have a quarterback. But I think that Stan has a possibility of sticking in the league. With guys like Stan, I always look at a few things. Number one, he works his butt off. Right. Uh, number two, he's a great kid. He's never going to get in any trouble, and he's going to accept his role. And, and I think that there's a role for him. Like he's not ever going to be a dominant wide receiver, or, right? You know, playing every snap type of guy, but. For a kid like Stan that works hard and all that, there's there's got to be a role in the NFL. I don't if it's on the Falcons, another team, whatever it may be. It, it really would not surprise me if if he winds up sticking to a roster. You know, Arizona. Oh, let's let's make fun of uh, let's make fun of ASU here for a second. Um, all those all those uh, all those jokes that ASU's made about Arizona football over the year are about to be returned in spades here. This is the biggest dumpster fire that I can ever remember in college. That honestly, that I can remember in college football. Again, Arizona not been good the last three four years, duh. But you know what? It, when you hire Jed Fish, it's not like he didn't know what was not going to be available to him for the next three years. This is a brutal job because you're hemorrhaging players, and if you're a coach and you're a hot up-and-coming coach, or you're any coach, you really going to take that job not knowing that you could be on two years of severe probation? Yeah, and, and let's say they're not. The What's happened to this roster is probation enough. Like, right. like a new coach is going to have nothing to work with at, at this point, and they can blame the NIL and all that. That's not what this is. Right. This is <laughs> – Nice guys, try. Yeah, this is guys getting away from – what is inevitable? And what happened was like Jaden Daniels, who I don't think highly of anyway, transferred. And the guys that they brought in at quarterback, Paul Tyson and 
Borgat, they they weren't good. So if you're a right. wide receiver, you're out. That's why these guys are leaving. Like you're gone. There's no right. one that's going to promote you. And then a defense, you're you're you know it's it's bad. I I, I can't recall good players trans. Usually it's the bad players that transfer or kind of like middle you know players that transfer. These are the team's literal best players getting away from ASU. Well, let's and let's talk about that. And here's the kind of talent that they're losing. I I'm with you. I think Jane Daniels sucks, but whatever. Um, he's still going to LSU. Then you've got uh, Gentry who's going to USC. You've got Johnny Wilson who's going to Florida State. You already lost Chip Trainum to Ohio State. So I mean, you're these you're losing really talented guys to really good schools. Now, would Arizona ever be able to pick up any of these kids? I doubt it. I'm sure they'd love to. Like Gentry, I'm sure they would have loved to pick him up. Uh, Jermaine Lole, I'm sure they would have loved to pick him up. But what's happening with these guys is they're entering the portal, and uh, these other schools are just paying more than probably Arizona has right now. It's the new world of of college football. But um, there's a couple of them I'm sure Arizona would have loved to have. How's Arizona start navigating this NIL thing? Because, again, this really is starting to turn into a highest bidder type situation. Yeah, I mean, look, Arizona's never going to be able to compete with the Alabamas and USC's of the world, but they don't need to. I mean, right. that's not the. I mean, look, Arizona's not winning a national championship in football. Are you? Can I? Can I tweet that out that you just said yeah. Arizona? Yes, I feel okay. confident in saying that. With that right. being said, you compare them to the Utahs and the the Oregon States and the other like seven win teams, and Arizona's mm-hmm. as good as any of them with the NIL stuff. Very impressive. Have the collective, the Arizona assist, friends of Wilburn, Wilma, and all that. They've done really, really well in that area, which is one of the reasons why they're recruiting so well. They're very organized. They have great people behind it. Um, it, it that's not a worry. Uh, but they're never going to outbid, you know, the USC's where they're throwing a rumored three million dollars at a wide receiver. That's just not happening. All right. So, real quick, baseball and softball. You're uh, you're a man of all seasons. How would you uh, grade out so far Chip Hale's first year and Caitlin Lowe's first year? Keep in mind, Caitlin Lowe, they're playing good ball now. I think they were in different situations. Like Chip Hale has left a pretty damn good roster. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's done okay with it. I think right. they should probably be a little bit better. Caitlin Lowe wasn't left a, a good roster, but I like the progress that they've made throughout the season. Like they're playing better than they were earlier, which is kind of what you want to see this time of year. So there's a lot of, you know, both left. I'm, I'm curious to see how baseball closes out. I think softball has been improving, but I mean, overall, it's hard to get too mad at it. If you were to assess the strength of the athletic department right now, as opposed to say five years ago, would you say that it's in better better standing, the same, similar? Where would Jason Shear rank that? I would say better. I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it, would, it would probably be better. Uh, you know, maybe softball and baseball aren't necessarily where they're at, but five years ago, football was pretty darn ugly. Uh, basketball was going through all that crap. So right now, yeah, I mean, you'd have and, to say that it's strong overall. And I can testify to that as well because before Jason Shear fired me unceremoniously from Wildcat Authority, yes, I had to call the worst part of that job <laughs> was having to call football recruits because every single football recruit was okay. Where are you? Uh, where are you looking at? Well, I'm looking at uh, Presbyterian, uh, UL Monroe, Arizona's coming in hot and heavy. It was awful. So that's why you would text me, "Is this an OKG?" And I would just say. Just always assume yes, unless I, unless I say otherwise. Now, after you fire me, I go back and these kids have offers from USC, from, you know, like, I mean, legitimate schools right here. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's crazy to watch, but you know what? Um, 
That's where it is. Real quick, again, DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. NBA playoffs are going on right now. You put in five bucks. If you're a new customer, you get $150 in free plays. That's simple, that easy. You don't need, it doesn't even matter who wins. You get that $150 in free plays. Check it out, DraftKings Sportsbook app. By the way, Jake Fisher, I think you hit the nail on the head. You got to give the AD big credit for the hires of Tommy and Jed. No doubt about that. I think I speak for Jason on that as well. Okay, real quick, Jason, before we go, um, because, uh, well, you know what? I, Arizona basketball next year. Is this a, if all the pieces fit together, can Arizona compete for a national title by the end of the year? Yeah, I don't see why not. Because I'm one of these believers, like, all you have to do is get hot for five games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and will they be good enough to get hot? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, like, North Carolina wasn't, you know, right second best team in the country at any point, except for the last week of the season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. All right, Jason, again, where can they find you? You got a good deal going on. What can you where, talk to people? Uh, wildcatauthority.com. You got 60% off an annual subscription or $1 for your first month until the end of uh, tomorrow, I believe. Maybe today. <laughs> just, okay. do, just join now. And then at Jason Shear uh, on Twitter. All right. For Jason Shear, I'm Mike Luke. Thanks again. Uh, appreciate you hopping on here. We'll talk to you again soon. Get it? Inside joke right there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks, everybody, for hopping on all your comments. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Oh.